Just Fantasy Baseball back again. Your host, Colby Olson, not joined today by Clay Stone. We're joined by Dan Preciado, who has been on this show now a few times, needs no introduction. But Dan, you have an update on a new job. Give a, oh, give me a little yeah. update on that. Give the listeners. Yeah, so I just uh, began working for Better Collective, and at, which is basically Action Network. Um, my title is a commercial content writer in media partnerships. So me and Colby kind of doing the same thing. Um, but yeah, looking forward to it. Just got started this week. Congratulations, man. Congratulations. Um, but we have some fantasy baseball to talk about. We're still avid fantasy baseball nerds. And today we have a fun episode, Dan. We're going to be talking about um, some you know, recent recalls, such as Grayson Rodriguez. We have Christian Encarnacion Strand, who just got called up to the big leagues. Andy Rodriguez just got called up to the big leagues. And we have a ton of other names like Tyler Soderstrom, Quinn Priester, Kowser, Westberg, Naylor, Moniak I want to talk about today. I mean, there's even more guys than that that I want to talk about. But today is just like a big update episode on all the young guys we've talked about all throughout the season, as well as these new guys that have just been called up. And I want to start start with the new guys um let's just jump right in on Grayson Rodriguez who you know started this year in the major leagues I think he made one start to begin the the season in the minor leagues and then was immediately called up and immediately got shelled Dan 7.35 ERA in 10 MLB starts and he gave up 13 home runs in those 10 starts and I dove in um to really what was you know the problem for him in those starts was the fastball he was allowing a 395 batting average and a 750 slugging percentage against the fastball. Now, the whiff rate on that pitch was actually pretty good. 28% whiff rate on a four-seamer is, you know, pretty solid. And he actually wasn't even throwing it like that much. He was throwing it 45%, which to me is not overly used. Like you see Bryce Miller and he throws his fastball like 70% of the time. You know, same with Mason Miller and Bobby Miller and all those guys throw their fastball a ton more than he did. Um, and then so... He goes back to AAA, and he was he's been wiped out. One point six nine ERA in seven starts since being sent down. And I dove into a start. Uh, now we have uh, baseball savant data for AAA games. So I went to his July fourth start where he struck out twelve over six innings against the Durham Bulls, who is the Rays uh, AAA team, who has Jonathan Aranda, Kyle Manzardo, Ben Gamble, former major leaguer. Like their lineup is actually pretty good. Um, he had 27 whiffs in that game, 12 strikeouts. What I noticed is he used the changeup a ton in that outing. He used the changeup like 50% of the time, which I think is his best pitch. 13 whiffs on 17 swings. He did get seven whiffs on 18 fastball swings, so pretty respectable. I still do worry about the fastball, and I want to see what the fastball looks like in this second MLB go-around. But if Grayson Rodriguez is going to be the ace that, you know, he's been hyped up to be, he's going to need to get that fastball right. And I'm curious to see if it, if it is right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we all know what he's capable of. I mean, he's the number one, he was the number one prospect in baseball, you know, give or take um, at least the best pitching prospect in baseball for a while. And to see, to see him back in the major leagues after succeeding in AAA is excellent. Like I'm happy to see him back. His Orioles are right in the thick of it, you know, but yeah, you're, you're totally right about the fastball, man. Um, it got it got shelled 
it got shelled. It, like you alluded to, something I was going to say was the whiff rate was excellent on the fastball. It, it was at least good. And he racked up a ton of strikeouts. The command was not there to what our expectations were of him. He just didn't seem like he was as polished as advertised. And I'm hoping that maybe just a little bit of time down in AAA actually does the trick and he comes back and does what we're capable does what we know he is capable of. I hope so too, man. I hope so too. What would really set him apart as well to me is is I was looking at, you know, the pitch usage in, in the minor leagues, and he was mostly a two-pitch guy, fastball changeup, which to me is a little bit concerning too. I would like to see him use that slider more. He and the other thing is he doesn't really know whether he wants to be a slider guy or a cutter guy or a curveball guy. It's like figure out what that that third pitch is going to be and really hone it in because you know up in the major leagues he was had a whiff rate of 28 percent on the slider um was actually a pretty decent pitch allowed a 227 batting average a 223 woba so i would like to see him use that pitch more as well but we'll see i'm very curious to see how he does in the major leagues but i think he's worth a speculative ad and and you know and what a 10 team league and above you're, you're adding him. I would assume, right. He's owned in 52% of Yahoo leagues right now, probably a little bit less than that in, 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 in ESPN. Yeah. I, I would definitely be picking him up there. Anything 10 team plus, I think he's worth even a speculative ad in 10 teamers um, just because of the upside. And he could be, you know, a very, very good piece to the puzzle uh, down the stretch in the second half. Yep, absolutely. All right, let's talk about Christian Encarnacion Strand because we've talked about, Clay and I have talked about him uh, a few times on this show and most recently a few weeks ago, and we just brought him up, and Clay is a Reds fan as well. And I asked him a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago now, like, is this guy ever going to get called up? Because he's just been putting up the most freakish numbers of all time in the minor leagues. man. I mean, I went and looked at prospects with a strikeout rate of less than 25%, a walk rate more than 10%, and an ISO over 300. And this is since 2006, Dan. There's been three, and then CES as well. Paul Goldschmidt's one of them. Mark Vientos is another, and MJ Melendez is the third, CES being the fourth there. I mean, it is so rare what he has done in the minor leagues this season, and he's carried a home run per fly. Ball rate over 20% for his entire major minor league career. He pulls the ball near 50%. He's hit, what, 20 home runs in 60 games this year. He could immediately come up and be a fantasy beast, especially in that stadium. Um, so I am just going to try to figure out how they're going to get him in this lineup as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The Reds are stacked all of a sudden with all these young, these young guys. It's it's tough to find uh, any kind of room for him. I do think he's eventually just going to be the everyday DH for the Reds. Uh, But when you're talking about him in the middle of that lineup with Ellie, Matt McClain, Spencer Steer, like you name it. And he's going to be right in the thick of that. The dude just rakes. The dude just rakes. He bumped up the walk rate this year. He lowered the strikeout rate this year at a higher level in AAA. I don't think he's necessarily going to be a fantasy stud out of the gate, but we know what he's capable of down the stretch. And in dynasty formats, I mean, we're talking about a potential like all-star down the road. Absolutely, man. I mean, the thing is too, you bring up a prospect like this and I mentioned the strikeout rate, the walk rate, how much power he has 20 home runs in 67 games this year, last year in, in, uh, in, Haya, he had 20 home runs in 74 games. I mean, like last year was just ridiculous. 32 home runs overall. And 
he's hit over 300 at every stop as well. That's that's the other insane thing when you see a guy with this much power. He's not totally selling out for that power. He's also just spraying the ball. Um not a not all over the field, but more like, you know, he's hitting a ton of line drives. And um, I think it's a really balanced approach. And so I'm very excited to see how he handles this this step to the major leagues. But um Dan, another first baseman that I've talked about so much this season. And fantasy listeners are listeners of the show are probably like tired of me talking about him, but Tristan Casas has been on a absolute tear in the last 20 games, Dan. He's hitting 314 with five home runs, a 614 slug. That's a 161 WRC plus. So if any of the listeners of this show were listening to me hype up Casas before the season and continue to do it through the first month of the season, through the second month of the season, I hope you're finally seeing what I've been hyping up because Casas has been on a tear. So I just quickly wanted to give a shout out to him. So Dan, where are you picking up CES though? Like in what in a 12 teamer is probably where you're going to be targeting him and above. Yeah, 10-teamers as a speculative ad, and then in 12-teamers for sure. The issue is the playing time. I mean, Spencer Steer's already out of the lineup tonight in favor of CES. So, you know, they're only going to be able to divvy up so much playing time between first, third, and the corner outfield spots. So you got to kind of watch the playing time. But if he hits, he's going to play. So he's worth an ad. That's the thing, though. It's like if you're calling up a guy like this, you've got to believe that they're going to play him. You got to believe they're finding a way to play Mm -hmm. him, but we'll see. Um, All right, let's move on to Andy Rodriguez because Andy Rodriguez is somebody that um, we talked about a lot preseason. Andy Rodriguez is one of my favorite prospects in baseball. I actually own his Bowman Chrome out of 25 auto. So I was, I've been big on Andy for a while now. And, you know, he actually struggled to begin this year, Dan, um, you know, a 98 WRC plus in AAA is not really what you want to see from a top 20 prospect, but the underlying numbers are there for me, right? He's still maintained a strikeout rate less than 15%, still walking more than 10%. And for him, a BABIP of 300 seems quite low. I also think a home run for fly ball rate of 6.6% on the season seems really, really low for a guy that hits 40% fly balls, Um, you know, it's a really nice approach. And over his last 20 games, though, he's really turned it on, Dan. 333 average, 423 on base percentage, and a 519 slugging percentage. And that's with an 11% K rate. So I think he's really turning it on at the right time. Um, and now he's seemingly being called up to the Pirates, I would think, to play every day. This is a guy that can catch and play outfield and first base. He can play all over the field. He's a really good athlete. Um, so he struggled this year in the minor leagues a little bit, but I think he's really turning it mm-hmm. on. And I'm very excited for him to come up. Um, this is a guy that if you're in a pinch at catcher and you just want to switch it up, I think he's a great ad if you're just looking for somebody to switch it up because I think he's going to make the jump pretty seamlessly. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I'm actually surprised that he got called up after Henry Davis. Uh, he was he was close to a top 200 pick in most NFBC drafts this past year. All the tools are there. I think I have him in a couple leagues, but if you're in a two-catcher league, the dude's a must add. I mean, the tools are there, especially catchers improved a little, little bit this year, but it's still the catching position. You know, it, you'll take the help wherever you can get it. So I'm all in on Andy Rodriguez. I'm uh, I'm hoping to see, you know, maybe an improvement from his numbers in AAA, and I'm hoping to see him play a good deal. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that Andy at his 
peak. And I'm not saying that's going to be this year, but like going to drafts next year, I'm going to be targeting him all over the map because I think he can be a guy that hits over 300 that, that hits 20 home runs a season hits plenty of doubles and, you know, adds a little speed to boot, but to talk about Henry Davis real quick as well, he's made the jump to the big leagues very seamlessly. Um, 280 average so far, 372 on base percentage, two home runs, three stolen bases. I mean, a 117 WRC plus it's good to see him, you know, make the leap to the bigs and, and, and produce already. Um, so those are the big three that are just, just have been called up. Dan, I'm going to throw it over to you to talk about Quinn Priester. Cause that was somebody that you brought up to me pre-show that you, you wanted to speak about. And Priester has been a prospect now for a long time. It, it feels like, and Priester at the beginning or as a prospect was known for his curveball. I believe, um, I, I don't know too much about Priester and the numbers are you know, fine, but not too exciting to me. Um, is there any other color you can add on Priester? Are you excited about him? Yeah. So I think, I think he's really interesting. And we were talking about baseball cards a second ago about your Andy Bowman Chrome. I have like a boatload of Quinn Priester autographs, like a boatload. So I'm hoping the guy does well. I have like Bowman's best. I think it is probably like 10 of them. So he's a guy that initially started off as like a prospect that wasn't exactly heralded in the league. But then guys really started to take notice because when you perform in the minors, guys will take notice. This year, he hasn't been the greatest, but I think he's got the tools, man. I think he's got the tools. And pitching, as we know, this season is just not the same as it has been in years past with the run scoring environment. I I think that he's a good good guy to take a chance on. I think he's got great stuff. And, you know, in that rotation, the ballpark's not bad. Like, he's going to be in the mix. Yeah, definitely. I, I believe that he switched from being a four-seam guy to being a sinker guy now. Um, you know what is interesting looking at his numbers is that he has gotten 54% ground balls this season. Um, and that's pretty standard across his career. He's gotten a ton of ground balls uh, as high as 60% in the lower levels. Um, a 67% left on base percentage. How bad is that, that triple a, uh, Pittsburgh, uh, defense because that's a terrible left on base percentage. I wonder if he's been getting killed a little bit in that way. Um, but yeah, it's not a guy I'm running to pick up or anything. I, you know, I think it could be a good streaming option potentially though. Yeah, Dan, for sure. I, I see him as that in at least a short term. Dan, I, I did slip over this. A question I wanted to ask you about Andy Rodriguez. Do you remember how he got, how he ended up in Pittsburgh? Cause it was in a no. trade. It was in a trade. Um, he was traded in the Joe Musgrove deal from the Mets to the Pirates for none other than Joey Lucchese. <laughs> really, really bad. That's I mean, a like funny the one. Mets had some really bad moves, including Kalanick, obviously, and you know, PCA going over for Baez. But any Rodriguez is one that is kind of overlooked. Um but yeah, the other guy I want to touch on, Dan, it's not really, you know, a guy that was just called up and not really a prospect this year. But Mickey Moniak, a former number one overall pick, has been otherworldly so far this season. 326 uh, with 10 home runs and a 306 ISO. One of the highest barrel rates in baseball this season and has probably the, the least sustainable approach in baseball, a 31% strikeout rate and a 2.6% walk rate. I mean, he just loves swinging the bat this year. And 
I don't blame him, but I don't think this is sustainable. He's rocking a 425 BABIP. Um, so I'm kind of waiting for the wheels to fall off here. But if you own him, I mean, why not just keep it going? Because he is hitting the ball very hard. And, you know, that's evident by a 15.5% barrel rate. Yeah, I mean, when we're talking about a former first overall pick, I feel like you kind of have to take notice. Um, but I remember the first couple of weeks I looked at it and I was trying to see how sustainable it was. He was sporting like a 650 Babbitt through two weeks of his career. It, it was ridiculous. It it was maybe not that high, but it was at least over 500. Um, this isn't sustainable. We know that. The approach is absolutely horrendous. But as long as he's hitting the ball hard, you know, he's worth an add in any five outfit builder league in my opinion um he's showing it he's somewhat athletic too he hasn't really been stealing bags um to expectation but he can chip in maybe five six on bases in the second half yeah i mean i'm almost like shocked that he isn't more owned he's owning 35 percent of yahoo leagues and like seems like people just didn't latch on to this hot streak so maybe it's one of those situations where people are like picking him up at the highest point and then now he's gonna fall off in the second half and people are gonna be like wow thanks mickey um <laughs> yeah but anyways let's move on talk about tyler soderstrom who i had the pleasure of seeing debut last friday night i went to um good old oakland coliseum and what a place that is dan i mean Tyler Soderstrom aside, it was an experience to go to the Coliseum and uh, see that because there were probably maybe 5,000 fans in there. And as soon as I sat down in my seat, and mind you, I'm sitting second level, like just off of home plate. As soon as I sit down in my seat, a security guard comes up to me. He's like, can I see your ticket? And like just being so strict the entire game. Anybody who was cheering, like quiet down. I'm like, wow, this is a fun place to watch a game. So I can see why they're moving to Vegas. Um, but Soderstrom hasn't really done much yet. Um, collected his first major league hits, but you know, doesn't have a home run to show for. Um, but that's what happens when you have 12 plate appearances. So um just interested to see how he moves along, but kind of want to just bring up that I saw his debut. Uh, another debut that I, or not debut. I saw Trey Cabbage's first major league hit on yesterday. Last night, I went to Angels Astros at Angel Stadium. What a game, by the way. I I can't tell if the Angels, Padres, or Mets um, want to be the team that screws it up the most. Like, all three of them love losing baseball games more than the other, and like, on a bi-weekly basis, they try to one-up each other. Like the, the the Angels came all the way back the night before to win 13 to 12 in extra innings against the Astros. Then on Sunday Night Baseball, they have a really a chance to revive their season at least a little bit. They're up seven to three, and Carlos Estevez comes in, gives up a two-run home run with two outs. Okay, it's seven to five. They go to the ninth. Then you bring in Jaime Berea. He gives up four runs. It's nine to seven. You go to the bottom of the ninth. Who, who but Shohei Otani hits a solo home run to make it a 9-8 ball game. And then the Angels scrap together two base runners, first and second, two outs. Matt Tice hits a line drive to right field, and Kyle Tucker lays out and makes an amazing catch to end the game. But, I mean, it's like, if you're Shohei Otani, how do you stay? How do you stay there? It was half full, yeah, too, on Sunday Night Baseball. He's got to get out. Got yeah, he's got to get out of there. I think we all know that he is one way or another. Um, But yeah, so Trey Cabbage, there's no way anybody's going to pick them up in their fantasy team. I am certainly not, unless you're in a 20-team league. But 
quietly, Trey Cabbage had 23 home runs in 81 games in AAA. I know he's 26 years old, but he was hitting 500-foot home runs in AAA, and he also put in 24 stolen bases in those 81 games. Um, So, like, I don't know. Don't add him, but, like, just as a baseball fan, just keep a lookout for Trey Cabbage because he's kind of an exciting player, and and it looks like he's going to get some playing time down the stretch here with Mike Trout on the I.L., um, he's going to play a lot of first base. He's going to play some outfield. They already got to start in center field. So if you're in a very, very deep league, like I play in a 16 team league, like he might have some value at some point in a 16 team league. We'll see. Um, but yeah, just a fun baseball name to know. Yeah. Um, 80, 80 grade name right there. Trey cabbage. <laughs> not only an 80 grade name, a guy named Trey cabbage has 80 grade lettuce as well. Like he has some good hair. Yeah. I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, Dan, we are going to wrap up the show with Colton Cowser, Jordan Westberg, and I want to touch on Bo Naylor as well. Um, but yeah, Cowser so far, he's played seven games, 28 plate appearances. It's like the smallest sample of sample sizes. Um, he's only hitting 143, but he's walking a ton already an 18% walk rate. Strikeout rate is super low, 10% strikeout rate. Um, it seems like Kowser's really just shortening up the approach so far at the major league level. And as such, he's hitting a ton of ground balls. And he already did hit a ton of ground balls in the minor leagues, 47% rate in AAA. And so far at the big league level, he's at 61% rate. And like I mentioned, I mean, like, it's almost hard to use percentages because he has 11 ground balls. Like, he has not had many plate appearances yet. So um, still very high on Kowser. I think he could be actually a really good asset for people down the stretch in, in, in deeper leagues and especially in dynasty formats. He He's a, you know, a valuable chip, but he already has eight runs. He's getting on base. I'm, I'm very excited. Once the bat starts getting going, like Kowser could be putting up some ridiculous numbers heading into like fantasy playoffs. He's a guy to keep your, your eye on. I think. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. Kowser's Cal- sick, man. I, the approach is absolutely terrific. I mean, he walked 18.7% of the time in AAA this year. Like that, you got to take notice of that. And when, when he makes contact, it, it flies. He, he hits the ball hard. It's just, it's not really coming together through what? 28 yeah. appearances so far this year, but he is still getting on base. He's scoring runs. That Orioles team, they know how to put runs on the board and he's right in the thick of it. I, I really like his uh, outlook into the future and for the rest of the season. So Jordan Westberg was the name that I was actually more excited about than and Kowser because I feel like it's it's just really hard to fit outfielders on rosters sometimes. There's just so many outfielders. Um, but Jordan Westberg is eligible everywhere. Shortstop, second base, third base. Like he can be plugged in a lot of places. And so that's why I thought he had a lot of value beyond him raking in the minor leagues before coming up, right? He had 18 home runs in 67 games before coming up and it was hitting 295. And has performed well so far in the in the major leagues. Um, you know, not anything crazy, but he's hitting 250, striking out less than 20%, walking seven and a half percent of the time so far in 13 games. Has not hit his first major league home run yet. Um, but eight runs and six RBIs is very respectable. Um, he's also been hitting the ball hard, 47% hard hit rate, and hitting the ball in the air a decent amount. Um, so I think he's a good guy to keep your eye on as well. If you're like, if you're very thin at either second base shortstop, um, he's a good plug in there. Yeah. He's, he's a guy I went to go grab in pretty much every league 12 team and beyond that I was in because he raked in the minors and I I've watched a lot of his at bats somehow just, you know, randomly 
his approach is so good. And I hate to use a cliche term like veteran approach, but that's what he possesses. Like he he's a stud in the making, I think. I, I agree with you that I was more excited about Jordan Westberg than Colton Kowser, even though Kowser is probably the bigger prospect by a mile. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, Kowser was being ranked in the top 20 of prospect lists as of late. And I would say Westberg was being ranked like anywhere from 50 to 75, depending on the site. Um, but from a fantasy perspective, I, I yeah, I mean, I think right now Westberg it, it could make the transition a little sooner. But I think Kowser, Kowser is going to be one of those guys, I think, where he needs 100 plate appearances. And then all of a sudden he's going to it's going to be like a flip of the switch. And Kowser's hitting 320 um, and, and kind of having like a Corbin Carroll, you know, outbreak. I, I, I could see that moving into fantasy playoffs. So definitely keep your eye on on Kowser um, in like shower, sh- uh, shallower, shallower leagues. Wow, that was a tongue twister. <laughs> um, yeah, man. All right. To finish the episode, I guess we'll talk about Bo Naylor. There's not much to talk about. He has two bombs in 17 games and is striking out way too much. 33% strikeout rate. So definitely not rosterable to me. Um, But just wanted to give that quick update because he was raking in the minor leagues. In the minors, he was you know 13 home runs in 60 games, a 244 ISO, was striking out less than 20%, walking 18% of the time. Um, but that has not translated yet to the major league level. So I don't know. Give him the man a second. He's a prospect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything he, else? Uh, Dan? Name. Uh, no, I think we've covered all the, uh, the recent call-ups. Yeah. We, we shout out There's a lot of names, a lot of youngsters. We didn't talk about Ellie De La Cruz actually, Dan. Yeah. So I, I talked about Ellie De La Cruz in the last episode and Clay and I did it. it our episode was, who do you think is going to have um, the biggest second half um, like outbreak or like just a bigger second half than a first half? And who do you think is going to like slow down in the second half? And Ellie De La Cruz was actually my pick for who would slow down in the second half. And I was like, do not drop him. Do not trade him. Do not do anything. Hold on to him. But I just think that that what he was doing at, at the beginning of, of his MLB career is not going to be sustainable for this season. I think Ellie's going to be insane, but as a 21 year old um, that's taking the ball on the ground so much and striking out a lot and not walking, it's like, I don't know, man, he's also just a freak and he might prove me wrong. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah. I mean, that's a contrarian take and you know it, but like it it makes some sense because he, I mean, he burst on the scene. He's got what 18 stolen bases or 19 stolen bases. I can't remember off the top of my head in 40 something games, like in fantasy, that's extremely valuable. He's betting close to 300. I know. He, I think he's 0 for his last 13 or something like that. I was like, 0 for 12 or 0 for 13. 0 for 12, yeah. 0 for 13. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe he is slowing down now. It's a little, it's like the first real cold spell of his career. Yeah. But it is funny because we recorded that episode, like, I don't know, last Wednesday, maybe. Um, I said Paxton would have a rough second half and he got shelled in his first out and gave up six runs. I said that Devers would go off in the second half. That was my, my pick. I'm like, Devers already had a good first half, but he was only hitting 250. And my prediction is he's going to lead the league in RBIs at the end of the season. Already has three bombs in the second half. Um, another guy to look at is Machado. Already has two bombs in the second half. I think he he will should bounce back. He might. I'm trying to ship him off in one of my leagues as kind of a rental piece um, because I just don't need him the rest of the season and I'm building for next year. But um, anyways, 
that's just fantasy baseball. You got, I asked you all of this, Ray, but you got nothing to plug. Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dan J Preciado, or you can find my work at uh, Action Network. Sweet, man. Congrats on the new gig. Uh, looking forward to having you on again, but thank you for coming on today and chatting some prospects with me. So um, that'll do it today, guys. We'll catch you next episode. Thank you for listening. Adios.